Amen. Amen. We're going to jump on into the message today, and we're just going to take time to get real, right? I always say people don't like folks that are plastic. They want to see what, what the real deal is. So what you see is what you get. But I'm going to tell you what. I pray what you see is a glimpse of Jesus. Amen. And that's our, our, our whole heart is that, you know what, that we represent the Lord well. And you know what? We miss the mark. Get up and keep going. But our title today, if you check it out up there, it says Stick Stones and Broken Bones. And I wrote on the side of here, I said, life is not always easy, but it, it can be good. We go through some tough stuff sometimes, don't we? I mean, loss and, and hurt and pain and ugly things said and not feeling good and all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you what, uh, I'm going to take a glimpse of a man's life that walked with a, with a whole lot of things going on in his life, Paul. And uh, we're going to try to just take that and tie that in, some of the things he went through, and put it up against the backdrop of the cross, who makes everything level at the cross, Jesus Christ, amen. And, the, and I think this is going to encourage us in our walk with Christ. Does that sound good? Everybody said what? Amen. So I'm going to take a look at our scripture today. And it starts out here, 2 Timothy 3.12. And Paul writes, he says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Man, didn't give me any amens on that. <laughs> I just want the good stuff, Lord. I don't want all that, right? But you know what? It's, it's a package deal. But I'm going to tell you, the good far outweighs anything else we'll deal with. So Paul knew a few things about sticks and stones and broken bones, and we're going we're gonna to deal with that in just a minute. But how many know being a follower of Christ is not always a picnic? Right? I mean, how many times have you had somebody run up to you and just say, man, I know you believe in Christ, let me hug you? That's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, every now and then, usually when something's going on in their life, usually when something's bad. But you know, as Christians, that's okay. We don't care when they come or when... Uh, the Lord brings them to us. Lord, equip us for that time so that we can encourage them in the Lord. Amen? Because we all need some encouragement. What I'll say all the time, everybody needs a what? Everybody needs a cheerleader. We all need a cheerleader from time to time. But you know, there's a lot of things in our life as Christians that we deal with. It's a lot of backlash, man. I mean, it's always something going on. We all need a little bit of encouragement. But you know what? You can't pour out what you don't fill up with. So I pray today that we're filling up on the Word of God. Got a couple other things here. I said, I went through Paul's life and looked at a few things and, and, and some of the things that he experienced along the way. And I thought, man, if we could just glean a few of those things, we not, might not be so overwhelmed with our own life sometimes. I don't know why it is. I guess that's just the way we're wired. But you know what? When we go to be a blessing, God works it out. We're, we're blessed. You ever notice that? When your heart is just like, hey, look, I, I just want to do something for somebody. I want to help somebody. And I guarantee you that... It, God works that together for the good. You don't go to, 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 to be blessed, but you always are because that's how God works. He just overflows those things into your life. But I want to inspire us today to press into the calling of God on our life. Everybody's got a call on their life. You might not have found it yet, but I can help you with that a little bit. God wants you to be close to his son. God wants you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And he wants to use your life in a mighty way to draw others to the kingdom. That's everybody. And from there, you know what? God will still whisper to you and show you some of the other things along the way. So I don't, I've never met anybody walking with the Lord uh, at any length of time saying, man, this is no good. Have y'all? I mean, as I, I like to ask this. How many people have been walking with the Lord 10 years? I'm not singling you out. Just, if, if, it's, if I go up, it's maturity, not older, okay? How about 15 years? 20 years? Do I hear 30? <laughs> Going 30. I got 35. Dude, I'll tell you, we have 40 years people walking with the Lord. Okay, I'm not going to go any further. That's great because I know we probably could go further. Let me ask this, folks. Has God ever left you during those times? I ask that question a lot and, and used to do a lot of evangelism and I go to different places and I ask it. I have never, in 20 years probably now, I've never had anybody say, yeah, boy, he left me high and dry. Never. So, so you got 40 years experience right there. People walking with the Lord saying, Lord, they never left me. Has it always been easy? No. But it can be good. Amen. And I appreciate y'all sharing that right there. Well, let's take a look at a few things that Paul went through. Okay. Get a little snapshot of things that Paul went through. Everybody knows it. Well, I don't know if everybody knows, but I'm going to bring it back. His name was Saul. And he was the guy that was persecuting Christians. You talk about a flip-flop. Man, he was persecuting Christians. He was having them pulled out, jailed, beaten, everything else. Matter of fact, he was standing on the sidelines when uh, he gave the command for them to, to basically kill uh, Stephen, stone him. You know? 
But so who is this guy that had this life-changing experience? God met him on the road to Damascus, blinded him from the things of the world, but opened his eyes to the things of God. And I want to talk about this. But this is some of the things. This is what happens when you get a changed heart for Christ, amen? A few things he went through. He was shipwrecked, except by uh, a bunch of mobs, beaten, starved, imprisoned, betrayed by friends, and all to serve the one thing that he had once sought to destroy. I think he had a change of heart along the way. You know what I think he had? I think he had a God encounter. Amen? He met the Lord. And I pray every time we come together, every time you open your Bible at home, that you meet with the Lord. Let's keep on going. So look at a few of these things you want to write some notes down or just file them as we go. A few things that happened in Paul's life. Stoned and left for dead. Beaten with rods three times. Whipped with 39 lashes five times. Attacked by an angry mob. Many death threats. And he says, like we said on our scripture here, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Well, I don't know about y'all. I've probably been teased, laughed at, picked on a few things like that. But nobody's ever beat me 39 times with a, with a rope, you know, with a whip. How about y'all? You know? And this happens. We get so comfortable as Christians. Go, man, you know, I, I like to go to church. But those, those seats just aren't that comfortable. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, look what's going on in there. Everything, everything good? What do you need? What do you need? Oh, okay. That's all right. Hey, we, we're here to serve, baby. If you want to take some... Hey, that's... that's <laughs> I see you're looking. If you want to take a note, I'm not going to slow down anything. Anybody else? Can I get you soda? Anything else? Serving of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's what I love about our church, because you can be you. You don't have to be stiff. You don't have to do this or anything else. A lot of times people say, well, what do I wear? I say, I'm wearing my jeans. You can wear what you want. Amen. That's good. A lot of times people come in here and go right out fishing or go to bush gardens. We'll take you any way you want to come out. But going back to this, a lot of us haven't endured a lot of things that he has. But I'm not, I'm not minimizing the things that you've been through. Amen? Let's keep on going. He was shipwrecked three times and floated for 24 hours. I didn't think I was going to get that bad toe in with Jimmy a couple, a couple years ago. Man, you all have to listen to that tape sometime. Criticized by other Christians. Man, I tell you what, friendly fire is a bad thing, isn't it? Sometimes we're our own worst enemies. Let me rewind that. Ooh, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. You know, we need to watch what we're talking about because they're part of the body. And under arrest for two years without a trial, shackled to shackled to the guards, and bit by a snake on top of that. Now I'll tell you what, I'm not sure of all this, but I've seen some people that I'm very close with in this room go crazy because of spiders around. I can't imagine getting bit by a snake. Everybody's in there. I mean, I mean, that's all right. But what I'm saying is this. Serving the Lord sometimes has bumps, bruises, and setbacks as we see them here. But it's not a setback in the eyes of God. It's a time that he's showing us and training us and, and working things in our life. And we've talked to people over the years, and I know in my life, sometimes I've gone through things, or maybe you guys have gone through things, and you know what? And you come out the other side, but God can use them. I'm not saying God causes them. I want you all to hear that. He's a good guy that gives good gifts, amen. And he works all things together for the good. But some of the things you go through are not fantastic, are they? But God can bring the good out of them so that you can reach somebody else going through something, amen. That's all I want you to hear today. Well, keep on going, everybody. We're going to roll right on into the next thing right there. But Paul had it rough, didn't he? He had a few things going on. But he was committed to Christ. But let's take a look at this. What happened when Paul missed the mark? See, we think the folks in the Bible were like superhuman or something. They blow it just like we did, amen? And God still used them. I told you many times that when the Lord called me to ministry, I'm thinking, you know, he's like very clear about wanting me to move forward in ministry and everything else. And I was sitting there, me? I wouldn't pick me. And the Lord instructed me very clearly. Matter of fact, right on this road, I was going down to a Bible study. And he spoke to my heart and said, I want you to look at the people through the, through the years, through the, my word that I've used over time and time again. And I said, okay. I looked at David. He blew him. Looked at anybody else. You could probably fill in the blanks. Paul, he blew him. Peter, he blew him. Well, time I got through the list, I said, man, Lord, I'm your man. <laughs> I fit in because I really blow it. How many know this? Just because you're Christian doesn't mean that you never blow it again. Oh, come on. That should have been a whole lot louder there. Yeah, yeah. But the world thinks as soon as you give your life to the Lord that you're never going to have any problems. You're never going to do wrong. You're never going to, you know, say the wrong thing. You're never going to do this and all that. 
That's our goal. We're working towards that. But I'm going to tell you what's secure. Your salvation is secure. Amen? That, now, that's a good place to say amen. When you call on the name of Jesus Christ, let me tell you, and say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today, I need you, Lord. I'm trusting you. I know you're the son of God. Amen? And he says, I will seal you till I come back for you. I will give you my spirit as a, as a down payment. Man, Jesus pays eternal dividends. I know a lot of people I work with and different things, they're all about, well, what type of interest rates do you what type, what do you get, what are you investing in? And I always get them in, especially when they're really into it. What do you invest in? I said, Jesus. Jesus. I said, he pays eternal dividends, man. You can't get no better than that. I want you all to hear that today. So I want you to know that many of the folks in the Bible blew it. Amen? Missed the mark. That's what I mean when I say missed the mark. They blew it. So I want to take a, a, a real close look at this. And I had a few things. I said, you know, here we are, like I said uh, earlier, kind of jumped in uh, ahead of the schedule when Saul was given the word to persecute Christians. Can you imagine? This is the guy that wrote 13, almost 14 books. Some people believe he wrote Hebrews. So that would be 14 that God used him in the New Testament to write. And he was the very guy saying, go get them. Pull them out the house. String them up. Because they were Christians. But his life was transformed when he met Jesus. Our life should be transformed when we met Jesus. My life was transformed when I met Jesus. You think I'm hyper now, man. I was hyper before, but I just flipped the switch. Man, I was dancing with the devil. Now I'm dancing with the Lord. You know, playing them rock and roll things up there. And the people say, how in the world did you have to get two knee replacements at 50 years old? I jumped off every pool table in Hampton Roads playing my guitar. You know? But man, I'm walking for Jesus now. We went yesterday and we went and Jesse had a band uh, concert way over in almost uh, Hickory High School. And it's pretty good ways over there. And the last time I went there, I remember, I don't think I can walk that far. I don't believe I can walk that far. Man, yesterday I pulled into Nisa Long. I said, man, look at them new knees, baby. Look at them. I'm ready to go. You want anything else? I was over there taking, hey, y'all want some peanuts? Y'all want anything like that? Watch the peanuts. Almost died yesterday. Got an M&M hung right there. And my wife, full of compassion, goes, stop it, you're embarrassing me. Listen, how many wives do that? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. I was like, oh my gosh, man, I was turning green as the M&M. <laughs> so I had to go back and tell the guy, water, can we help you? Water. Man. Does these things happen to y'all or is it just me? I don't know. But anyway, we can miss the mark just like Paul. And I want you to look at this. And, and if you get a chance, give me a little homework this week. Look in the book of Romans, chapter 7. But don't stop there. Do 7 and 8 because I want you to get the, the full picture. He says, this is Paul right now. He says, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. And he goes on back and forth like that. He struggled with a few things. I'm kind of thankful that they wrote that. So I know I'm not the only one struggling with a few things. How about y'all? I mean, we, we have struggles, but we have victory in Christ. And so that's what I want you to see here. But all these things are coming together. When Paul had struggles and things like that, the Lord had a remedy. Amen. So when he missed the mark, what did the Lord have? The Lord had forgiveness. Somebody say that's good. That's amen right there, right? You know, I use this verse probably every week. I love this. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? If you have put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you missed the mark, and I'm not encouraging you to live any way you want. I always couple that. We want you to strive to do and be all you can for Christ. But when you miss the mark, realize this. God's not saying, you're done. You're stupid. I can't use you. Get out. That's not God. God said, hey, that's not the best for you. Come on back. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. There's a big difference there. Right? No condemnation. Condemnation, we can't use you. See, the devil say. The devil will tempt you. Come on, just a little bit won't hurt. Come on over here. Just do this. Okay, all right. And then you step over the line, and the devil will say, Ah, oh, look at you. You're supposed to be a Christian. Look at this. You're supposed to, And look at this. How in the world could we ever trust you to do anything? Look, that's not God. God says, Come on back to me. Many of y'all, and I, want, I love that, that story of the uh, wayward son. But you see right there a redeeming God. I want you to see that. So God has forgiveness. Amen. How many know forgiveness is great? It's great to be forgiven. Is it hard to forgive other people? Sometimes. Sometimes it's so hard that we need the Holy Spirit to help us. Amen? Most of the time it is. Here's one. How hard is it for you to forgive yourself? Come on now. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching to me first. It is. 
Man, we know how to beat ourselves up good, don't we? Hey, let me tell you what. God's grace is sufficient. God is in the forgiving business, the restoration business, all right? So don't beat yourself up. Look up and say, Lord, you know what? I'm struggling in this area. Help me with this thing, Lord. Help me to do better next time. Let's keep on rolling. Keep pressing in. Amen? What else do we got? When Paul and Mr. Mark, what else? Jesus had compassion. 2 Corinthians 3, 1 and 4 says, Be blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That's a mouthful, isn't it? I'm going to click this here. It'll probably make a whole lot more sense now, doesn't it? And I underlined a few things in there. And I thought, man, isn't that amazing? Now, you know, I always got a ministry story that will revolve around two things. Going to the grocery store or eating. I'm sorry, every week, every week. I just happened at Food Line. Well, this happened at a restaurant. I won't tell you which one. So yesterday we go to a restaurant and uh, we place an order and everything else. And a young lady comes to wait on us. And she just kind of opens her life up. Woo! I'm thinking, I'm going to need another biscuit. <laughs> Can we get another biscuit before we go any further? And she was just, she says, and she said, that, she said, I don't even know why I'm telling you guys all this. I said, it's okay. What's going on? And it wasn't that it was bad. She was just talking about things in her life and everything. But it gave us an opportunity. As she was pouring out things, we were able to pour in Christ. Amen. And you could see, it was like pulling bricks off that young lady's back. Because so many people in her life, evidently, and so many things in her life, we're always pointed to, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You should have done this. It would have been better if you'd done this. And she told us all these things that she's been doing. And she was very thankful to the Lord of the things that she had been through and, and, and come out the other side. And I said, look at all that gold in your life. And she's like, sometimes it's good to hold the mirror for somebody and say, hey, look, you're doing all right, baby. You're doing all right. Right now, she's got like two degrees and she's going back to school. She's going to be a... a a PA, doctor, right one step on her, doctor, all this stuff, everything else. I'll tell you, we got the best service we ever had there yesterday. But you know what? So many times, we won't take time. Amen? Just happened to be in a rush yesterday. Imagine that. Always in a rush. But I don't ever want to be in a rush when it comes to Jesus. She said, I know y'all got to get out of here. I said, that's all right. Just, just warm it up. You know, because what was going on in her life was a whole lot more than my baked potato. You know, probably need to pass a few baked potatoes, but that's all right. But uh, what I'm getting at is that compassion. And, and we go back through here. Take a look at this. I kind of underline a few things, put some highlight in it. Uh, we go through these things, and it says, The Father of all mercy and all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. Why? So we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. God can use the things that hurt the most in your life when you come out the other side to speak into somebody else's life. If I'm having marriage problems, I don't want to go talk to somebody who's been divorced 17 times. I want to talk to the couple. Y'all been married 58 years? How? You know? And I'm going to tell you, when I've asked many of these questions when somebody has overcome, usually, 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 they always point me back to God's word. Because they know that God is faithful, amen? So that's where we, when I counsel somebody before they get married, I always, I always say, well, let's see, where's Jesus in this situation? What's going on? Where's the Lord? You know? And see, everything's a quick, get fixed, quick thing these days. Well, can you marry us? Can you marry us? Can you marry us? I said, can you take some time to we'll talk about it? You know? And I hate really, I really dislike marrying people. Because every time I marry people, they leave the church. It's supposed to be funny, but it's not funny. As many people come here for a while, and they hang out for a while, and they hear six months and say, can you marry us? I said, that's great. And I marry them, and then they go, well, we're busy now. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But you know what? We said, we still love you. Come on back. We got room. We got room. But one of them, Miles told me one time, he said, look, man, you're going to have to stop marrying people. We won't have nobody left. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. I appreciate that encouragement. He said, I'm just saying. I was afraid to marry my son. <laughs> but he's still sticking it out. Amen. Let's keep on going. Compassion. 
But we can go through things in our life. And just remember this. When you go through these things, how can God use that to help somebody else? Remember, many of y'all know Steve. Uh, I don't think he'd have a problem with me sharing that. And he's over in Ireland right now. When I first met Steve, he was going battling some, some very, very heavy-duty cancer treatments. He's a cancer survivor. Amen. And he'll be quick to jump up and give God the glory and tell anybody that. But I would sit with Steve in hours in the hospital. I said, Steve, I'm not going through what you're going through, but help me to understand so I can help somebody else. And he would tell me what he was feeling. And, and, and sometimes he was mad. Sometimes he was upset. And then sometimes he was just thankful for what God was doing. He was thankful that it wasn't somebody else in his family. It was him. He told me that many times. He said, you know what? I'm going to get through this. The Lord's going to bring me through the other side. And we're standing with you now. And to see him here today, man, and healthy as he is, and on fire for the Lord is amazing. And so think about that. When we do go through something, it might not just be for you. It can be used to encourage somebody else. And that's what I, I want to get. Let me tell you what. I want to get the most gas mileage out of my pain that I can for somebody else's good. Amen. That's what I want to do. If I got to go through it, man, I want to, you know, just like with your kids, you tell them, hey, you might not want to do that. Why? You don't want them to have to go through that. You know, that's probably the best idea. But then sometimes you got to lift your hands up and say, all right. And when they fall, you just pick them back up and say, I told you so. No, you don't. You just come back and say, you know what? That's why I was telling you that. I love it, but let's keep on going. What can we, what can we salvage out of this? What, what, what can we do? And that compassion. Because I tell you what, to me, I know when people say, you know, they say, oh man, we got the report and it was the, the C word. We think cancer. But I'm going to tell you what, how to battle that with the C word, compassion. Come along with somebody and walk with them and encourage them and say, I want to be praying for you. We serve a healing God. We serve an amazing God. Be with somebody when they're going through a tough time, man. I tell you what, I've been in a lot of situations a lot in the last few weeks. I've never had nobody say, hey, can you come here and bring me all my trophies? They want comfort from the Lord and they want their family. Now, man. That's exactly what I want. Absolutely. So I'm going to tell you what, there's times that God is probably using you a whole lot more than you think. And he would probably even use you a whole lot more if you did think. Amen. But God is willing to work through us. Isn't that amazing that God, out of all the things, out of all those things he could do, he said, you know what, I'm going to use this guy. I'm going to use that lady. I'm going to use that person. I'm going to use that situation. Because when we go through some of those things and come out the other side, we go, there's only one answer. How'd you get through it? God. Well, how in the world did that happen? Jesus made a way. Man. So, so that's all the time. It's building momentum and, and, and showing about God's great restoration. Look at this. God's in the restoration business even when we miss the mark. He restores my soul. He leads and leads me in my path of righteousness for his name's sake. And I had a lot of notes in there I just wanted to share with that. And, and I, I thought it was amazing. You never know who you're going to meet. Now, going back to the restaurant setting yesterday, our waitress was talking to us and talking to us and everything else. And that's good. And a guy comes sit down beside us there. And I'm getting ready to leave and he goes, this guy goes, hey, man, I know you. Sound just like that. I said, I'm thinking we're probably related if he talks like that. <laughs> and I go, okay. I said, man, it's good to see you. Where do you know me from? He goes, I don't know yet. Now, that's when I get nervous. Because <laughs> you know? I wasn't always saying, right? I'm like, well, do I know, do I know him money? Do I, do, where, 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 you know, whatever. He does something crazy like that. And he goes, you play music. I said, oh, now we're narrowing it down. <laughs> okay. Rock and roll or holy roll? Where we at? Where we at here? You know, where we at? He goes, I got some of your CDs. I said, praise God. That's good. I want to tell you that. We got CDs over here to encourage you in the Lord. Grab some. Got a book over there. Take it. Grab some. Encourage yourself in the Lord and pass it on. This guy had evidently met us playing music years and years ago. He knew where I lived. He told me about the CDs that he had, everything else. And all that, he said, man, you're still doing that? I'm thinking, as long as I'm breathing, brother, I'm going to still be doing that. That's my, that's my plan. Why am I even bringing that up? Because I was pouring out a lot of that, that young lady, right? And God said, well, I'm going to just pour a little bit back into you. It's nice when somebody says, hey, man, I appreciate what you're doing. Hey, I remember you. Hey, what's going on there? How often do we just let stuff ride? Man, don't be afraid to say thank you. People probably get mad when I thank them so much. Did they, didn't I hear them first? I don't care. I, want, hey, I appreciate that. I just want to let you know. I appreciate that. I thank you because I'll tell you what. That goes a long way. 
if somebody has, has made an effort to do something in my life or for me or my family or the church or whatever, I want them to know we appreciate it. We appreciate it. So everybody, I appreciate y'all being here. I appreciate y'all praying for your pastor and your church. Man, because you know what? We all need that restoration. But mainly the restoration I'm talking about is the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So many times we can we can miss the mark. We can go through all these things, but God has forgiveness. So many times we can just get our, our, our soul almost minds wrapped around the wheel of the world. How many of the world can be pretty loud out there? Isn't it? Yeah? And if you keep your Bible shut, it doesn't make that much noise, does it? Keep your Bible open and you renew your mind. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing, ongoing renewing of your mind. I got a fat head, man. I need to renew this mind. My brain didn't get saved. My spirit got saved. But my brain's still thinking, yeah, we can go do this. We can do that. We're going to do this. And the Lord's going, beep, 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 warning, warning. Don't do that. That's not good for you. Yeah? That is not. Somebody's got the same same system, right? Don't do that. But we keep on running. We keep on going. But I want to tell you today that God's in the restoration business. And, you know, and I love this. I said, the Lord offers restoration. He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And I said, you know what? We serve a good God. That is, that I think many times we totally underestimate. Y'all believe that? I think we do. I'm going to work on this AC here. It's either frozen or nothing. There you go. Throw another log on the fire now. We'll keep it going. <laughs> Miss Tiny, i got to make sure she's, she's warm enough to play the keyboard on the last song. Oh, my goodness. So what else happens here? So when Paul was in pain, what did he have? What did the Lord have for him? I'm going to pick up speed here. The Lord had healing. This is out of Acts 9, 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. And it goes on and says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. God didn't just take care of his physical sight. God took care of his spiritual sight. Just like we said, when, when he got the touch of God, man, as much as he was on fire to, to, to lynch the Christians, he wanted to love the Christians. Amen? Totally changed his life. Knowing Christ should radically change our life. Now, that, now I want to say this. That doesn't mean that you've got to turn around and take your Bible through every drive-thru or beat people with it or anything like that. Don't mean every time somebody says, hey, you got to say hallelujah and all those things like that. What I'm saying is, as we continue to grow in Christ and spend time with the Lord, He is going to fill us. And guess what? You're going to have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, goodness, self-control. We'll probably miss one of them. There's nine of them. But there's so much more because we have the privilege of having a personal relationship with God Almighty. That's amazing. You don't have to go to some guy. You don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to know so of the world. You can know so. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. But see, when Paul had pain, Christ had healing. And something I was going to put in here. He might choose to bring that through the most least likely candidate. Amen. Many of you guys know that Keep Your Promise came from a man on his deathbed speaking into my life. He made me promise him to keep doing what I was doing. That was almost 20 years ago now. Coming up on it. Probably about 20 years ago. Never miss those moments. Never miss those moments. I had a good friend of mine go home and be with the Lord just last week. And I enjoyed every minute I had with my buddy. A lot of people had a friend, had him as a friend for a long, long time. I had him for a friend about a month. About a month and a half. And I loved every minute. We would laugh, we would cry, we would joke, we would pray. But I tell you, the best part about all that is that is that I got to expand my family because I know his family now. But when he took his last breath here, he took his first breath there. That's the promise of God. That's what I'm talking about. That's why people say, well, how can you preach a, a funeral and be upbeat? Because I know that I know that I know God's word is faithful. And I know when we call on the name of Jesus, God's faithful. That's it. That's it. We try to add to it. But Jesus says there's one way. I'm the way and the truth of life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Aren't you glad it's just one way? I was saying if it's more than one way, I'd probably mess it up. But it's only one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. Well, what else, when we're going through pain, does the Lord have? He has mercy. Amen. Look at this Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It says, the faithful, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. Great is the faithfulness. His mercy 
begin afresh each day. Reminds me of our song we sang there, New Day. Let me tell you what, when we wrote that song, it's been a few years ago when I wrote that song, it was when I was getting ready. They didn't know what was going on in my life. I had got a shot in my knee, and it ended up poisoning my knee. I ended up having, what is it, stre- what is it baby? Uh, staph infection. Staph infection. And my knee got as big as a pumpkin. And man, let me tell you, Tom stayed stay with me, got me. I, I called the hospital. I said, man, can I have a blood clot? What's going on? What's going on? No, no, you'll be all right. Come in on Monday. And man, my legs went and finally, he had to come over and carry dear old dad to the hospital. And thank the Lord for the man on, on call that night. They were saying, well, he'll be all right. You know, we talked to him. He's coming in tomorrow. He said, this man ain't going nowhere. And they gave me all types of stuff. And Thomas said, which many of y'all know I do this when I'm in pain. <laughs> they go, why do you hit things when you're in pain? I was like, I don't know. I'm just trying to get it out of my body. He said, man, Pop, all you did is beat on the side of that bed all night. I said, I didn't know nothing about it, but I must have been hurting. And they went and did emergency surgery and went in and they still didn't know exactly what was going on. Well, guess what? You're not supposed to do surgery if you got a staph infection. And I, we didn't know. And about two days later, they come back and they go, you have a staph infection. I go, what? And all I knew about then, and they were putting a pick line in my arm and all this stuff. I go, that's for sick people. I just got a bad leg. You know, this is not good. Man. And they came in and said, do you know you could have lost your leg over that? So every eight hours for 30 days, I had to put different medicine in this thing. And they tell you, let me just tell them myself, I like things fast. I like motorcycles fast. I like to do stuff fast. I talk fast. Don't squeeze that syringe fast. Because <laughs> it says, well, you're a heart. They tell you this afterwards. They said, well, do this so many seconds. And, and you know, you do this one and then you do this. And I'm thinking, well, I'm talking to my buddy. I said, well, we get ready to go do something. I got my crushes and everything else. I'll just go ahead and do this. And so I was talking to him. I said, yeah. And I went, whoo. I took that last little bit like that. Well, that was supposed to be about 15 minutes. Evidently, your heart only pumps so much. And so it disperses that. Had to clean my boy's shoes up, man. I got so sick. Immediately, I started getting violently sick. And I was like, man, sometimes things take time to get in your heart. There's a message there. You know, it takes time to get in your system. And thank the Lord, the Lord pulled me through that. But I tell you what, when I see somebody walking with a cane now, I open the door. When I see something going, hey, do you need a hand? And I understand that sometimes we want to do our own thing. But I'm going to tell you what, every time somebody opened the door for me when I was walking with a cane, I was thankful. You know, when somebody said, hey, can I get this? I go, yes, you can. And I appreciate that. Man, so when you see somebody that's in me, man, step up to the plate. But God's mercy never ends. I think about this. I always think about my mom on this when I talk about this. My mom has said this for years. She's 87 years old. Try to visit her every day. Good old Ruthie babe. And she's always said this. Man, I said, Ma, I don't understand this. Well, honey, tomorrow's going to be a better day. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. And I'd argue with that. No, it's not going to be a better day. It's not going to be that. But see, my mom knew that God's grace and mercy is new and fresh every day. She was always looking for, and she does continue to look for the best for tomorrow. Well, you know what? It's, it's going to be better. It's going to be all right. Keep looking up. And I, and I appreciate that. But see, we, we know, it, this, is, this is what changes everything. When we know that God is faithful, when we know that his love never fails, when we know that his mercy is fresh and new each day, we can have hope. Now, I want to talk about hope. It's not the hope so of the world, but it's the confident expectation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God's faithful, man. <laughs> Has God broke any promises that y'all ever read about in your life? I'm going to go with God. Amen. See, somebody will say something. I talked to a young fellow today, and he said, somebody said this about the Lord, and it just didn't feel right in my spirit. I said, good, because they're wrong. And I said, because it was on a very matter-of-fact thing. And I said, well, just ask him where that is in the Bible. Because if somebody asks me something, and I'm not claiming that I get everything perfect, Lord knows I'm trying, Lord direct me, and everything else. And it's not about right and wrong, but when somebody's leading somebody astray, stop. Okay? And I'm so thankful for folks saying, but that don't sound just right. You don't got to argue with them. Just go home and open your Bible. But what I do a lot of times is somebody's carrying on about something. I say, oh, really? So, so why do you believe that? Well, that's just what I think. Well, Hitler thought he was right. They ask me, well, why do you believe what you believe? Because I've got God's word on it. 
I got the foundation. I got the book. I got the answer sheet. Basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what they call the Bible, amen? You know? So I'm going to trust with that. But again, we can have confidence in Christ. As long as you have hope, you can keep on pressing in. You can keep on moving in. Keep on looking up. Guess what else we got even when we're in pain? God gives us strength. Look at this. First Timothy 1.12 says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. I think about this many times. If God has called you to something, God will give you and equip you everything you need to get through it. Amen? When we started this and the Lord nudged us going into ministry here, you talk about somebody feeling inadequate. Still feel like that on my own, but not in Christ. Because I've seen how faithful God is. When I first started preaching, I didn't know anything about anything. I just knew I loved the Lord. And I, I had been through a lot of Bible studies and I prayed about it and everything else. And it's like, how do you get it from here and here out to there? And the Lord was so faithful. Gives us a message. I remember one night, I saw the days I would go. See, many of y'all have been with me for a while. I'd, I'd, I'd stay up all night and try to figure out the message. I just want to hear what the Lord has and all this stuff. And, and working, you know, a couple jobs and all this stuff. And it's like, whoa, what the world? What's going on? Panic mode. I was relying on buddy. That ain't a good thing to do. And I remember one night, I was up in my little music room. I had daily breads open, the Bible open. I go to sleep many nights with preaching on all the time. I think that's a good thing for me. Or praise music. Because, man, I'm, man, I'm getting refilled both ways. I'm getting some rest for my back and getting some, some fill up for my heart. How about y'all? And I remember, just as clear as anything, this has been several years ago. I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Okay. But I had a peace about that. And then he said, did you finish the message? I said, nope. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to sleep. The next morning, before I even rolled out of bed, the Lord gave me the scripture, the points, and everything. I go, Lord, your way's a lot better. Amen. I'm going to stick with that. Now, I'm not saying that we just willy-nilly and everything else, but I was seeking after the Lord. Actually, I was trying to do a lot of things in my own strength. But the minute I cried out to the Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. Sunday's coming. There are going to be people going to be looking at me, and I'm going to be up here. You know? <laughs> and that was with a bad leg. So I know they didn't want to see that. So I said, go to sleep. In other words, rest in me, and I'll take care of it. I don't know who's going through a few things today. I'm going to tell you, I believe the Lord's telling you, rest in Him. And He'll see to it and see you through it, amen? Because He's going to bring the strength to us. And, I, and, you know, a lot of times people think, well, how in the world can God use me? I will tell you what, I get a kick out of having people God uses. Start with me. I love it, man. You know, it's just great because I'm thinking, man, I would not pick me. I would not pick me. And the Lord says, you know what, you got a big mouth, I'll use you, Right? We just, need to, we just need to keep it on the, on the right thing. You might be sitting here today, well, I, I don't know how God's going to use me. You know what? He might use you to be a prayer partner for somebody. He might use you just to be an ear. I'm going to tell you what. Some of the dearest people in my life have been people that just listen to me godly counsel. And I appreciate that. I don't really want to know what they think. I want to know what, you know, what, what is the Lord showing you? You know? And that's why I give advice. I want to give godly advice. I want to give godly advice. Because I know that's the best advice, amen? And God will strengthen us. Let's keep on rolling. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. All right, we're rolling on now. Well, when Paul had finished, man, you ever think about that? I think about that a lot. I want to finish big for Christ. How about y'all? Not for buddy, but for Christ. And look what he says here. I said, when Paul had finished, the Lord had his glory revealed. God's glory, not Paul's glory. Look at this. Tim uh, 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Man, I want to finish like that. Many of y'all know well, my dad passed away probably about five years ago. And I was fortunate enough to, when they told him what was going on, I had five weeks. We didn't know how long we had. You never know how long you had. But I was thankful I had five weeks. And I spent every minute with my dad. I always talked to him. I said, Dad, you got to give me some words of wisdom, man, before you leave this place. You know? And he said, press on. Press on. His favorite Bible verse was in Philippians 3.14. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I said, man, don't grow weary. 
And he told me, he said, boy, don't you be preaching no doom and gloom at my funeral because I know where I'm going. Man, I got excited. I was like, maybe you ought to preach this thing. I ought to record it. You know? He said, I never thought I was going to live this long, man. He said, man, I've been come from the coal mines. I've been to Korea. I've been over here. I've been to Vietnam. I've been married to your mama all these years and everything else. Man, I ain't good. This is, you know, but I think of Mr. Charlie. I, when I talked to him, I said, how you doing, Mr. Charlie? He said, better than I deserve. He told me that for, for the longest he'd be coming here. He said, better than I deserve. You know what? I think we all could probably say that. Probably better than we deserve. But that's God's grace. But look at that. When Paul finished, he finished big for the Lord. Check it out. What else happened? The gospel was proclaimed. 2 Timothy 4, 17 says, But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Man, when Paul finished what was going on, the gospel was proclaimed all over the place. Everywhere he said his foot, he was putting the good news out. And, and I tell you, that's the whole, that's the whole deal. That's what he calls us to do. I'm going to go back to, to my friend's funeral this week. We got to share some stories. We got to share some tears and everything else. We got to share the gospel. They got to hear what my buddy already knew that would change their life. That would change the direction in their life. Crazy stories, funny stories and everything else. You know, the crazier it is, just shows me the, the more grace that God has thrown out on your life. You know? I was talking to somebody that we were at the, the uh, band thing last night. Somebody was asking me some stuff, and I was telling them a couple stories. And they go, really? Really? You know, you can't even make life up like that. Just some of the things you've done or some of the things you've been through. And God says, you know what? I'll still use you. God said, I'll still bring you through that right there. He gets the glory. That's what, you know, when you give a testimony, they said it shouldn't be a real long thing. It's where you were, where you are, and what God's doing. It's all about pointing to Jesus. That's what I want my life to be about. I want to be pointing to Jesus, you know? And there's a lot of times it was pointing to me. How about y'all? Me, 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 me. Man, that's a boring story. But I'm going to tell you what, I never get tired of telling people about Jesus. And man, when the light goes off and the heart gets it, and I go, whoa, they got it now. Because I can tell when I have, they start looking through you and they go like, tell me more. Tell me more about the Lord. And it doesn't matter where we are. Because I'll tell people about the Lord in a drive-thru at Taylor. Don't make any difference. If you get in an elevator with me, buddy, you better look out. You're going to hear about Jesus. I do. I, I tease all the time, especially if I'm in the hospital. So I say, how you doing? And I don't want to pick on anybody when they because I know. Why you ask somebody how to do it if they're in the hospital? Probably <laughs> not doing the greatest. But I just said, man, you know what? They're going down here. I said, look at this. Going down. I said, man, you just never know, do you? Never know. I said, you never know when you're leaving this place, do you? But you can know where you're going. They're like, you can? <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I want you to know. Man, I don't want to scare you to Jesus. I just want to make you aware of what he offers us. But also, I want to make you aware when we reject him, there is nothing left. Nothing left but hell. And I'm going to tell you what. You know, you hear people get sick, say, I wouldn't wish that on, wish that on my worst enemy. I don't want to see anybody in hell. I don't see anybody. You say, well, you know, God has sent me to hell because I stole a pen or I told a lie or any of these things. No. I always get your attention. You send yourself to hell when you reject the only way to heaven. Does that make sense? Because I'm telling you the way to heaven through God's word. We'll talk some more about that in just a minute. But the gospel was preached. What's the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ came, lived a sinless life, and died as a sacrifice for us. Paid our sin debt in full. So on the third day when he rose, he sits on the right hand side of God, interceding for you and I. It's all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. You think you get a little excited about that? It's all about Jesus. Come on, keep on going here. What else? The kingdom was expanded. So, so look at this. And still being grown today from Paul's efforts. What legacy are you leaving? What legacy are you leaving? I want to make sure, man, when I leave here, that my kids know Jesus. I want to make sure, if I can, you know, it's their choice. I want my neighbors to know Jesus. I want everybody who's listening later on on a website that's going all around the world, and however they can make it out, because we've, Tim's pulled up some stats. It's in Malaysia. It's in places I can't pronounce. Places way past Phoebus, because I don't ever go anywhere. All over the world. But, but you know what? They're hearing the message, and God is transforming lives from that. Not because of Buddy Chapman, not because of keep the promise in that aspect, because the power of the gospel message 
changes lives. Man, that's good news. That's the best news going. And I think about these things here and I said, man, isn't this something else? That how God uses so many different people in so many different situations. How will you leave this place? Let's start here. How will you leave this place right here today, church? Will you leave here knowing that you're secure in Christ? Will you leave here knowing that your sins are forgiven? Will you leave here saying, Lord, come into my life. I'm trusting you today and have your salvation secure. Or will you leave here the same way you came in? And if you're saved and you came in, you say, saved from what? Saved from condemnation, from hell, from all those things. I don't think we understand what we're saved from, but we're also not so sure of what we're called to. We're called to be a mirror of Christ. We're called to make disciples. So today, it really is back in your ballpark. What are you going to do with the information here? What are you going to do with that? And I want you guys to plug in with that. I said, Jesus had healing and forgiveness and love. I said, God never failed. God never left. God never quit loving him, uh, Paul, even when he missed the mark. And it's the same with us today. And I said, God had the glory and Paul had peace. I'm going to tell you what. There is something about the peace of God, amen? You can't buy it. You can't rent it. You can't borrow somebody else's. It's what God gives you. I've been in many situations over the year that, that God has just given me peace about it. I don't like doing funerals. Amen? But the Lord will give you peace about that. Especially if you know the one that has passed away knows the Lord. Because you know what? You want to glorify God. You want to honor their memory. You want to point people to Jesus. What's going to change their life? Jesus. That's it. So how can God use us each and every day, man, to expand his kingdom? He can do it all types of ways. But you know what? we got to get over all the stick stones and broken bones. I am never, ever, ever going to stand up here and minimize some of the things people have been through. Never. But I want to come and maximize the size of our God so you can get healing, restoration, redemption, peace. That's what I'm saying here. Well, money don't know what I've been through. You're right, I don't. But God does. And God's arms are long and big and able to heal and hold you. Amen? So look at this. Let's go back to this. Whoop. Nice one, Stan. Help. That's what happens when you get fat fingers. But you go back in here and it says 2 Timothy 3.12. Can you pull that up now? And it's the same one we had earlier. I want to get back to it. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There it is. We had it earlier. And I said, you know, man, sometimes we're going to feel the burn being a Christian. And probably more so now than we used to. Because things are changing in this world. Isn't it? I mean, you can't say anything to anybody. They'll take it the wrong way. You can't. This is what gets me. People can talk about what they want and what they, they believe in the world. But as soon as you take Christ's perspective and put it out there, you're a hater, you're a this, you're a that, and all that. I'm done with that. You know? I'm going to stay in all the world. We're going to preach the word of God. That's what we're going to go with. Because when everything else is done, this is still going to be standing. Amen. Not going to go pick a fight, but I'm going to defend the faith. Amen. So that's what we're going to do. I want to encourage you in that. And I said, this is what really makes all the difference in our lives. And there's a lot of difference makers in this room right here, right now. And I tell you, that's the whole thing. We can build ourselves up in the, in the Lord and come together with one another and study God's Word and encourage one another. I'm going to tell you what, there's nothing like having a church family when you go through a tough time, amen? Somebody just cares. Somebody says, hey, you know what, I'm sorry you're going through this. How can we help? How can we come alongside? It's not a one-time deal. You know, we extend that love and say, hey, look, you know, if there's something we can do, whatever. Sometimes people just need somebody to know that, that they care. I cannot tell you over the times that I've been through different things, just knowing somebody calls or cares and says, hey, you know what I was thinking about you today, whatever the deal is on that. But ultimately, even if nobody ever did that, I will tell you, if nobody ever sent you a card, never gave you a call, never gave any of those things, God says, he loves you. God says, come on back to me. God says, he's more than enough. I wrote down here, I said, you know what? We, we should never leave, never be hopeless in Christ, but we should always be hopeful in Christ. Just like that glass half full or half empty. I pray today that, you know, through the message that the Lord gives today, that God has filled something up in your life. Maybe He's healed something that was broken in your heart. Maybe He's, he's, he's given you some strength and some peace today. 
But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to leave you with this last thought. I, I wrote this down this morning when I was up here and I thought about it the other day. I wrote down, I said, when you leave this earth, will the footprints that you left behind be of Mr. Christ? What legacy are you leaving? You can't take anything with you. You don't see any of you all behind the, you know, the, the funeral car. How can we make a difference today that will impact lives for eternity? Trust Jesus and allow God to guide your steps. Receive the healing. Receive the love. And receive that peace that's offered in Christ Jesus. Father God, I thank you today for your word and your message. And I pray here today that, Lord, you brought healing to some lives today, that you give them some encouragement today. Lord, that we can see that your power is at work in our lives. It doesn't mean that we don't go through some bad times. It doesn't mean that we don't get overwhelmed and discouraged. But as we look at your, your servant Paul, he had all those things going on in his life, and he was still able to continue to say, you know what? I'm going to serve the Lord. So today, if you're here, no matter how small or how large your problem is, I want you to lift it up to the Lord. We're going to believe that God's going to move in that situation. Lord, there's healing that needs to take place in the lives of folks that are here and folks that will not ever make it today and maybe listen to the line a little bit later. We pray healing over their bodies, Lord. We pray rest over their souls. We pray wisdom for their mind and the situations people have to make decisions. Speaking of decisions, the biggest decision anyone can make is the one that I'm going to for you today. If you died tonight, are you sure that you would go to heaven? And if you can't answer that 100% by saying yes, I want you to listen very, very closely. The Bible is very clear. Jesus said there's one way to heaven. I mentioned earlier, John 14, 6. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Is that you today? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that he is the one that takes away the sin of the world? If you believe that today, call on the Lord right where you're at. Your special prayer, Lord, save me. I'm trusting you today. And don't leave here the same way you came in. And when you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, he says, you will be saved. You're secure. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's you today. Don't leave her today without saying, you know what, Pastor Buddy, I prayed that prayer today. And today I'm going to start a new life in the Lord. And we're going to come alongside you and we're going to say, that's awesome. How can we help? We're going to pray for you and we're going to keep you going. You come here today and you say, well, I've done that, buddy, and sometimes I just kind of veer off the path. Well, you're in a great place. We all do. But just like we saw from our message when Paul missed the Lord, what did, what did the Lord have for him? He had grace. He had mercy. He had forgiveness. He had love. And he's got the same for his children today. The Lord never changes. He's faithful. We can trust him. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, everybody. All right. I hope that was a blessing for you. We're going to put the band back together and send you out with a song. I hope you guys enjoyed the message.